morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is joining us. And we've got Andrew, aka the Cashflow King in the building. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how a new day is coming for American crypto regulation. As Galaxy Digital's co-founder, Mike Novogratz, is now congratulating Ripple and Brad Garlinghouse on their defeat against the SEC. While Ripple is in the process of expanding all over the globe, we're going to talk about the onboarding of American products, with BlackRock now congratulating Ripple and citing them in a new document. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So can you smell what the rock is cooking, Johnny Crypto? First of all, nice Hulkamania shirt you're wearing this morning. How you feeling, my friend? And thanks for being here. I'm sure the best, man. It's so funny. That's not even close to the right line. <laughs> what you're going to do when the 24 spider comes marching on you? But anyway, that's all right. Bro. That was before uh, he was born it. Oh, yeah, he that's wasn't for you. Listen, Absolutely. guys, the effort he was there. The effort he wasn't was there. even in diapers, but it's okay. I still love you. First of all, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you guys. I appreciate you for showing up every single day. Uh, it is, it's going to be an interesting week, Abs. But again, get ready for a bumpy road. You're going to have this. Uh, you know, We're starting to move towards a bull run. And this is why I don't like bull runs. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to it later. Love you guys. Good morning. Absolutely, Johnny Crypto. And on a more important note, Gonzo, we are going to talk about some serious topics today. We've got BlackRock actually citing Ripple in an SEC filing explaining how if Bitcoin is considered an unregistered security, it is going to harm the crypto market. And they use Ripple as an example. That's going to be really cool to break down. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. I'm doing great, man. It was a great weekend. You know, I had to do some work and just got to hang out. Charlie's been sick, so I was just hopping around, around the house. But uh, yeah, man, what a what a like 24 to 48 hours from the peak of everything that was going on on Friday and then Saturday. Uh, you know, we had that major correction. And and if you're in the crypto market and you're new to this space, like this is a liquidity hunt, right? Like I think it was $500 million liquidated like in 45 minutes. But you can see like, you know, pay attention to the projects that bounce back the quickest, which were projects like AVAX, uh, IMX, crypto gaming, right? Injective is doing very, very well. Um, Solana didn't bounce back as quickly as I thought it was, but, you know, always pay attention. And we already got 222 live listeners here. Show us some love, smash that like button and get ready for an exciting episode. But Andrew, during times like these, I think it's important to remember where we are in this whole market. So when you're looking at the day, it is red bubbles across the board. The entire market's down about five to 10% for each project, except for AVAX, which is up about 6% on the day. But here's what really catches my attention. Go to the monthly bubbles. In the last 30 days, the majority of the market is well up over 25%. We've got AVAX up 144% in the last month, even during this pullback. Wrapped Ethereum up 56%. Cardano is up 43%. Gala is up 27%. But just for the fun of it, let's check out some of the yearly bubbles before I kick it over to Andrew. Look at how successful many of these projects have been. And I'm searching for that XRP bubble because I'm curious myself, what have we done on the year? So even XRP from January of this year to now, is up 64%. 
We've got AVAX up 176%. Solana is up 420%. That is unbelievable. Ethereum's up 76. Bitcoin's up 145. And XDC and Chainlink are both up about 125%. I also want to show people Johnny Crypto. Check this out. Cardano up nearly 80% on the year. So as bearish as it looks today with all these red bubbles, Andrew, I think this is important to keep in mind. First of all, how are you feeling, my friend? Welcome to the show. And what do you think about everything I just said? Hey, good morning, guys, everybody from the Netherlands. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Terrible weather here, but, uh, you know, um, I saw all those uh, raising uh, uh, um, cryptos. Also, on the crypto-related stock market is a lot happening. You know, that's what I teach in the in the Smart Investor course. Lo uh, last week, made 50%, 50% on Coinbase stocks. Today, 9% in Barrack Gold. Uh, my Square, Block Inc. stocks are still up with the stop loss. I, at least I locked in 35%. So, guys, not only look at the crypto market, also look at the stock market because there you can make a lot of money and you need to go in and out and in and out. And, some, and I do investing. Sometimes it takes a couple of weeks, sometimes a couple of months. But if you make profits all over again, you see your the the... the the money in your account growing. And that, that's the fun of these kind of markets. And today, you know, it goes a little bit down. And that's the moment to take profits. Wait till it goes deeper down. And then you get in again and do the whole cycle again. You know, it's so much fun. And I'm I'm, I'm tempting or I, I like to teach this to everybody who wants to know it. So, Very exciting cash flow. And we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers, we just broke it down, guys. Most of the market is down 5 to 10% across the board. We've got AVAX up 6.5% and BNB up about 2% on the day. When we look at our Merlin market update this morning, the total market cap is 1.56 trillion in total volume or total market cap. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 52% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin still sitting at $41,900 despite all this bearish price action. Ethereum, 2200. BNB is 245. We've got XRP sitting at 62 cents this morning. Solana, $68. And Cardano, Still holding that 55 cent range, Johnny Crypto. So nothing to be disappointed about there for the Cardano community, guys. And we already got over 280 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. You know where I'd like to start this episode, guys? We've got a ton of great news prepared, but this is what I found to be the most interesting. As Bitcoin investor Mike Nolengratz was congratulating Brad Garley as well as the XRP Army, stating that the XRP is real, guys. He got a little bit religious in how he thought about systems, and he was dead wrong, even admitting that within this clip. So we're going to play this brief clip and talk about it. Here we go. It's interesting. We got a little bit religious on how we thought about these systems. And in reality, they're all communities. They're store of value that communities seem to care about. Like, I, I was skeptical that XRP would have lasting power because... Ripple, the company, owns 60% of them, now 55 or 50%. And I was like, that just doesn't seem a proposition that's going to work. And I've been dead wrong. Hats off to Brad Garlinghouse and, and his team. Ripple is now, you know, a institution. Uh, you know, the, the XRP army is real. Uh, they care about their ecosystem and their coin. And 
you know, yes, it's got a use case, but broadly the use case is the same as Bitcoin. It's another place for people to want to store value. All right. So first of all, that's not the use case for XRP. So I don't know why he said that at the end of the clip. I, I don't think a lot of people are holding XRP when they look at it in the grand scheme of things as a store of value. We're talking cross-border payments, all types of different smart contracts and hooks coming to the network. We're also going to talk about tokenized assets coming to the XRPL. So there's a lot more going on here than a store of value, Johnny. But somebody like Mike Novengratz changing their stance at the same time that Jay Clayton, the former SEC commissioner, who filed the lawsuit is also changing his stance. That tells me the lobbyists behind the scenes are ready to adopt these assets. And we're going to see a marketing campaign like we've never seen before for crypto specifically. But before I give my thoughts, what's on your mind? Yeah, actually, just so you know how that's coming, just look at Google. You, you know, that article you sent this morning for people to know they're changing their advertising policy and soon you'll be able to advertise crypto. So it's coming. He It was a very, very confusing statement by Novogratz to say, you know, the XRP is a, is only people are holding it because of store value. It makes zero sense. It almost makes me wonder if he even knows what XRP is or how it works or what it does to say that is silly because it's, it's not its use case. He's a very, very, very smart man. I know he is. And, and that, that's, what's kind of weird to, to, to come out and say something that is not even accurate by any degree is very interesting. So I would love to question him as to why he thinks the XRP community thinks it's a store of value. And the reality is I'm not excited about the fact that he came out and admitted that, oh, XRP has a great community. That's not what's going to drive the price. I hate to tell you guys. Community is not enough people in the community that could drive it. It needs institutional adoption to drive that trade volume. What's really going to drive We already saw what it could do with the community. It can't even break the all-time high, right? So, and then I'm not bashing it because everybody thinks, oh, Johnny's against XRP. No, I'm not against XRP. It's my biggest holding. I'm just saying, look at what it can do with the community support. And now you understand why I've been screaming that we need adoption. We need institutional support to really be able to drive the prices up. Abs. And so it makes no sense what he was saying. I don't get it. Gonzo, I got a completely different take. I don't think Mike Novengratz doesn't understand the technology. I think Mike Novengratz is a talking head. I think he doesn't share many of his true opinions with the open public. But let me remind you of something. Back in 2020, before Ripple was ever sued by the SEC, Mike Novengratz and his company we're filing for an ETF product around XRP. And you can go and look up this information. I even have it on my Twitter account. I'll pull it up during the show. Mike Novogratz was ready to create an XRP ETF in the United States, but he claims things like this. People are holding it as a store of value. He clearly understands the technology, but I don't think he's willing to give it up to the plebs like us. What do you think, Gonzo? You know, who knows what he, what he meant? You know, we're not inside his head. You know, you do these interviews. I say crazy things all the time, too, as you get lost in your thoughts. Maybe what he was trying to say is that, uh, you know, instead of saying store of value, that there's value in the network, right, where he didn't think there was value before. Maybe that's what he meant. But, you know, bottom line, I, I don't make decisions based on what Mike Novogratz say. Isn't he the guy that put the Terra Luna tattoo on his body before I went to zero, right? And so... Um, but yeah, but you know, at least he had to change your heart because I've said this and, and this kind of like, we're, we're both saying the same thing, just a little bit different. Me and Johnny, like we need a new narrative, right? The, the cycle before it was the cross-border payments narrative and, and, and we just need that to catch fire, right? We, we need, whether it's people that have influence starting to talk about it to start, we need momentum, right? These older coins with these older narratives. They need traction, right? Opposed to the new projects that have 
the promise, right? They don't have to show you anything. They could just promise. People are emotional in how they invest their money, right? And so with the older projects, we, we judge them harsher. And so we need traction, right? And so how, however we start to build that, the easiest way to build that is price action, right? As price goes up, people get emotional and they start to invest. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. And as we can tell, I have a, a previous market cycle chart that we can show our listeners right here. Back in 2017 and 2018, Andrew, during Bitcoin's bull run, we went from $200 to $20,000, just about with those, with those ranges. During that time, during that 12-month period, Bitcoin had six pullbacks of over 30% during the bull market. So our listeners need to be prepared that even though we're in a bull run, we're going to see corrections that are massive. And that's totally normal. We need these corrections in order for the market to have healthy sell-offs. And I think that's what we're witnessing right here. So what did you think about Mike Novengratz's statements as well as what Gonzo just broke down? When we're bullish, we're still going to have bearish days. Oh, you're muted, Andrew. New, bu new button. Uh, Mike Novengratz just changed his mind. And it is always difficult for people to change your mind about something because you had an ID, it was this, and then you... You, and then you have to change your ID. Look at Robert Kiyosaki. You know, he was against Bitcoin. It, and that was not so long ago. I think two years ago, he was still against Bitcoin. And then he turned totally upside down. And now he says, what is good to invest in? Real estate, Bitcoin, and gold. And that, that's what I see also with, uh, with, uh, with Mike Novogratz. Just the, the diagram you showed, the six pulldowns, you know, in Bitcoin, in, in, in the Boren. Look, look what's happening there. What I see here is six opportunities to make money, you know, and that's what I, you know, I keep talking about my smart investor course, but you wait for the drop down. You, you'll like, like a cat, be, uh, you will like a, a catch a mouse. You wait till it drops to till your entry point. You get in and you wait till it goes up. And then it, you wait till it drops again and you get in again and you wait till it go up and you, and you sell again, you know, and this time, you can make much more money with Bitcoin if you have a strategy and if you know how to do that. And you know, and this is so this is so much fun to to do it. And uh, yeah, absolutely, Johnny Crypto. I want to actually ask you about the Mike Novengratz clip because I got a follow up question for you. This man's a billionaire, made his money in the financial markets, providing products like this and being ahead of the game when it comes to other investors. Yet he's claiming he doesn't understand XRP. Right? He's saying, "Oh, it's a store of value. All these other things." What I think is so important to note is the tone of his conversation around the project. I can pull up his tweets from 2020 after the SEC initially sued him. He was supporting Lubin, supporting Vitalik, and publicly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Criticizing Brad Garlinghouse and what Ripple had done because of the centralized nature of the asset that they're providing. What did he just say in that clip? The exact opposite. He said, I was wrong. I was wrong about the fact that they own 60% and that was going to hinder the growth. I'm actually a supporter of what Brad Garlinghouse and the XRP community are, or the XRP army are building. I think that shows us what's going on behind the scenes. Mike Novengratz wouldn't publicly make this decision or that statement on his own. I think he waits for the go-ahead from the important investors. What do you think? Am I right? Am I wrong? Or do you think Mike Novengratz is still holding off a little bit and there's a lot more honesty going off behind the scenes as opposed to what we're being exposed to? You know, hard to say, Abs. I think the thing that's important that everybody needs to understand it is, it is that it is totally okay for people to change their mind. And like, I see it happen all the time. All our followers, they'll bash a lot of us in the chat room, you know, because, or in the comments below, because we've changed our mind or we changed our position. The smartest thing a, a, a smart human could do 
is change their mind when they get more information. We all make decisions based on the data we know at the time. As we learn something new, you need to then factor that into your decision, and then you're going to change your thoughts, change your mind. Now, the problem is people don't get that. They don't understand. Oh, you change your mind. You know, so the reality is, no, it's, it's okay. I mean, he's, he's assessed the situation. He knew what he knew back then. He said what he said back then. He obviously learned that, hey, he was wrong, and he was man enough to come out and admit it. It's a good thing. It's, you know, nothing wrong. Now, just some of the words when you're talking about the technology, and maybe, maybe he just chose his words wrong. Maybe he really does know what it does. I don't know. But the fact that he's just talking about it is actually a good thing, you know, and maybe he is prepping for something. Maybe he's even investing in it. Who freaking cares? You know, I really, I really don't know. I don't care. The reality is, you know, the only thing I care about apps, I'll say it again. I only care about adoption. I care about use case and adoption because that's the only thing and the only thing that's going to drive. It doesn't matter what Mike Norgut says or Lubin or anybody else. It doesn't matter. I'll quote the rock. It doesn't matter what they think. The only thing that matters is that we see real use cases, real companies adopting the technology, just the way you saw Franklin Templeton take on and adopt the stellar technology, right? That's what you want to be seeing. That's the things that are important because that's going to drive the price up. So actually what, what we want to see is an inflow of money. And currently the, the market cap is 1.5 trillion or something like that. You know, when we were at the previous stop, it was 2 trillion. And, and what we need to go, we need to go to four, five, six trillion. And then you see a lot of more money is coming in. You know, you, uh, app you show with every every Good Morning Crypto show, you, you show the market capitalization of the crypto market. So and that, that's the indicator when prices, because prices must go up because demand goes up. Yeah, except the problem is if we're talking about money flooding into a space, but you have no real adoption. The ability for that money to stick, to stay there and keep the price up, you know, that's 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 the problem. So that's, the that's why crypto is so volatile. Yeah, you're right, spot on. <laughs> and that's why if we want more stabilized prices and, and you know, and that nice, beautiful utility, and then that monster exponential curve that happens once utility is, is planted, you, you need adoption to me for the long term. Until and then, you're right, Andrew, segue. what we're going to get is a lot of volatility. That's a perfect segue, Johnny Crypto, because that's what I was going to ask Gonzo about next. First of all, we got 411 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to give a shout out to the Sin City Boys for pointing out the fact that Mike Novengratz did get a Terra Luna tattoo on his arm. That is obviously a project that doesn't exist anymore and one of the biggest rug pulls in human history. So, Gonzo, with that being said, on a more serious note, I think that Mike Novengratz is prepping the public for these types of applications to be filed in the USA. Now, I don't think public opinion matters, but what I do think is that when these policies start to be approved, they're going to have a very difficult time shutting down XRP products and approving Bitcoin and Ethereum products. So the fact that someone like Mike Novengratz is changing his stance, I think it tells me that we're about to see a storm of regulation as well as exchange-traded product filings in the USA, which are better than ETFs. And ETP is actually more impactful, but ETF is more known in the public. So... Do you think that's what's happening here? Mike Novengratz knows he's about to file and make a ton of money off these products. He may as well start talking positively to the public. Yeah, maybe. Like I was saying, because you need narratives, right? You need new narratives. Like the biggest narrative that we've all been following is the Bitcoin spot ETF, right? That That is what's been carrying this market along with some of the, the you know, the other narratives. Uh, but um, I, that, I don't think it's a stretch to think that once we get the spot ETF, the next narrative will probably be an Ethereum ETF. And if we know we're going to get an Ethereum ETF, 
then you're going to start to see things about XRP, XLM, ISO token, right? Like once you see the that resistance from the SEC, right, to like approve the spot and then more importantly, the Ethereum, right? Because we already know what they've said about Bitcoin. They feel it's a commodity. But once they kind of have a different view on Ethereum and some of the other ones is when you see that. But like we, we need first things first, right? We got to get next year. We got to get to January 10th to see uh, what happens with the approval of the spot ETF. And Gonzo, we already got 438 people here. First of all, thanks for joining us on this Monday. We are yet to break down the most exciting news of today, Johnny Crypto. And it's articles like these that are going to become more important when prices are going up. So we need to consider things like this before we even see price action enter the market. This was a huge update that came this weekend. As BlackRock agrees, crypto assets are not securities. And they even cited Ripple, cited Ripple and XRP as an example in this filing with the SEC. So I'm going to read a little bit here, Johnny, and then I'm going to kick it to you. So let me just situate the cameras and let's rock and roll here. So in this filing, they said that Bitcoin, if it was considered a security, would face massive disadvantages in the U.S. market. BlackRock's insight revealed the harsh reality that if a digital asset is deemed a security, it faces a maze of challenges in the USA. The SEC filing against Ripple was a wake-up call for the entire industry as well as their leaders, and BlackRock unveils the market challenges for these digital securities. XRP encountered obstacles such as trading challenges, liquidity issues, and difficulty converting digital assets into U.S. dollars. This was all stemming from the SEC filing stating that XRP was an unregistered security. And let me just remind the people that was proven false in a court of law. BlackRock's insight on crypto assets not being regulated as securities is a huge indicator for the entire industry, Johnny, because this suggests a significant shift in the landscape of crypto adoption within the USA. And I asked our users to comment below. I'm going to do the same thing on Good Morning Crypto, guys. Let me know what you think about this in the live chat. But Johnny... Let's start with you. What's your initial reaction to BlackRock citing Ripple and showing all of the troubles that our community went through over the last three years? Yeah, well, you know, they're, they're spot on. And if you remember, I don't know if people are going to remember this, but we had Jeremy Hogan on the show. And I asked him, we asked him, you know, what, 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 why is it a problem being deemed a security? And he explained it in detail. If you want to remember, go back and watch our first episode. But basically, in a nutshell, he was saying it's very difficult to use it because people who want to buy it need to first register or claim how much to buy. It's just a, it's it, it really hinders and slows down and makes the process of buying it difficult for large institutions. And so it would have never gotten adoption. It would have been almost impossible. So um, you know, BlackRock spot on in that case where it does, or whoever your you know your comments there, it absolutely hindered it. Not only in the facilitation of you know buying and using the crypto, but think about it. Then why would institutions adopt something that that's that it's that difficult to use? So again, very good news that we got we got the fact that it's not a security. That's going to take the handcuffs off of it so it can be used freely out there. And of course, it's one of the few now that is out there. BTC would have suffered a maybe a slightly similar thing, maybe not so much because we're not talking about I mean, yes, there are institutions buying it. And I guess the reality is the use case for BTC apps is store value, people buying and holding. Right? Institutions maybe buying and holding. A little bit different than a use case of wanting to be able to use this thing every single day over and over again. So different use cases, different scenarios. Either way, still going to hinder any technology if it's labeled security. Well, Gonzo, I think this highlights a much larger movement for crypto assets. Obviously, it's exciting for us, the XRP community, to see that BlackRock is referencing them. But what are they really outlining in this argument? 
that if crypto assets are regulated as securities, they're at a huge disadvantage globally. And that's not good for anyone. And so, yeah, we're focusing on the XRP portion of this because I know that's what's going to get people's attention. But I think the biggest shift that's happening here is companies like BlackRock are not only ready to profit off of this technology, they're ready to make the people regulating it advocates. So remember this, Gary Gensler is controlled by the people who give him money. So with that being said, I'm not going to say any more. Gonzo, floor is yours. Yeah, you know, they definitely like switched up on the narrative, especially when you think about Larry Fink and Coach A.V. did a really good video of going back and where he started from and where he's at now as far as like that it, no one's interested in it, rat poison. Larry Fink didn't say that. Uh, Warren Buffett said that. But it was the same kind of sentiment, right, that negative sentiment to where he's now, right, that it's a flight to safety, right, so, or a flight to quality. Um, and, and so I, I think it's cool that it, they're pointing out that, you know, if these things are considered security and it's because of all the restrictions that come with the security, it's all the registration that he comes on. And, and a lot of these protocols don't have tons of money for attorneys to file all the different kind of paperwork. And that's kind of where that um, comes from. So I, I think it was really interesting that, you know, they released the updated language for the spot ETF talking about, you know, if Bitcoin is considered a security. And those are things that the, um, that the SEC is having them add. I don't necessarily know if that means it's a tell, like saying that they're going to come out now and say that, um, you know, Bitcoin is a security. Um, I think it's more about like um, investor protections and all the kind of verbiage that they want to put in these kind of things um, as far as disclosures. Um, well, John, but, you know, we'll wait to see. Gonzo, you make so many good points that I think that a lot of people are overly bullish. And I just want to kick it back to you for some really quick comments, because that's something that a lot of investors may fall for during these times. People are so reactionary. I just showed you at the beginning of the show in the last four weeks, a lot of these projects are up over 50%. I mean, I remember back two, three years ago when you would make 20% in a year in the stock market, people were asking you, how are you so successful? Now our listeners get 70% in a month and they're saying, what's going on? We're down 14% today. This is totally normal. And what I want to kick it to Gonzo for, <laughs> it's just the fact that I've seen it before. I've been here how many years, Johnny? Four or five years now? Every time it's the same thing. We're overly bullish. We're overly bearish. Well, I, the thing is, we're spoiled. We're spoiled. Yeah. Let's face it. In this industry, if you aren't getting a 10x, you feel like it's a loss because the industry, the space, has delivered that historically over time. So life is always about expectations. If you've seen it in the past and you've seen 10x, 20x, and then you get a 1 or 2x, you're like, what the hell? But you're right. When you put it in perspective... None of us should be complaining. One to 2X is fantastic, right? In the stock market, we'd be jumping for joy. But the problem is the stock market has an expectation of four or five, maybe 10% if you're lucky per, you know, per year on average. But the crypto market is for like much, much higher profits and returns. And so that's why, Abs, you get people complaining when we only see 1X and 2X. I mean, shit, we do it ourselves sometimes, you know, because we have yeah. this high expectation. It, it makes sense. It's all about expectations. Yeah, look, it's I, I keep falling back to this. It's all about the narratives, right? Like you have, it's human beings that are invested in this market. So it's about emotion, right? Why do people do that? Because they want to get rich quick, right? It's that promise. That's why you've seen a lot of the projects that have been running are the new crypto gaming projects or some of the new projects with the narratives. Like the new Solana killer is going to be like Celestia, right? With its modular blockchain. And Solana is the ETH killer, right? So there's always these narratives, um, and especially like as the market starts to run, but you know what, you could tell the market was getting very, very frothy, right? 
like every single thing was running up and you need that's why we say like you know make sure that you have a plan that if you're getting into this market you know exactly what you're you know what you're going to get into and then how you're going to get out right so that you're not just willy-nilly just throwing money into whatever chasing green candles because you can get wrecked just like you can get wrecked in a bear market and there are dangers to a bear market as far as like you know catching a falling knife you can get just as easily wrecked in a bull market right because you're buying tops and then you're being emotional it corrects 20 30 percent and then you're selling the bottom and, and so you can get wrecked in a bear market you know so you do have to have a strategy right and, and you have to have a plan or, or else you know you're going to lose money this is what's so important to understand gonzo you want to talk about manipulation versus algorithmically driven that's like comparing that's like the the um i was gonna make a joke it doesn't work anymore but this is what i was trying to point out all these markets are still so correlated and they move exactly the same that it's not surprising to me at all bitcoin drives market liquidity the best thing that can happen to the altcoins is bitcoin's price increases and then when that topples over that liquidity moves into many of our favorite projects like ethereum xrp so on but johnny one other point before we get into some more content because we're going to talk about some important blackrock stuff as well is I was doing the math with my friend Dom this weekend. We're looking at Bitcoin, right? And me and you have had some positive conversation. We're like, we got to start accumulating Bitcoin, but you're just doing the math. And so for XRP to do a 10X takes us to $6, right? Just about. For Bitcoin to do a 10X, we need a $450,000 Bitcoin. What does that tell me? That means we'd be at about $4 trillion. I'm not sure if I'm doing this math right. Correct me, Gonzo or Andrew or anybody. $4 trillion in total market cap to get a 10X on our money. This is where I'm skeptical about the opportunity, but I'd love to hear what your response is to that. When you look at Bitcoin compared to the alts, why would somebody looking at the return choose Bitcoin? Well, when you look at the longer term play way out there, you know, when you think of the scarcity of Bitcoin and the limitation of it and the demand that's going to come in for it, there's a likely prob probability that it's going to go into those ranges you've talked about and even higher. Now, I don't think that's going to necessarily happen in this current bull run. I don't know. I'm waiting to see myself whether it's going to do it or not. But I think in the long run, because of the fact that this is going to be a legitimized uh, investment vehicle, right, pretty soon when it becomes an ETF, and, and you just listen, and like everything we've been talking about on the show for a year and a half is all you're hearing everybody saying, now, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to get people to put their 401ks and institutions are coming into it that I think it's very likely that you do see a 10X in this over time. Now, I'm the type of investor that, that I don't invest. I'm not a maxi, right? I invest in the whole entire market. So I'm looking for pieces. I want some that are stability, long-term growth, you know, and I think, you know, that's where you may get, you may see that in Bitcoin. Then there's other things, Abs, that are going to give us 5, 10, 20X, 50Xs. Why do you think I'm in the gaming space so much? I love the gaming space because I think it's going to give us those kind of appreciation levels. So you just have to look at it and say, what kind of investor are you? What kind? For me, it's diversification. I'm playing all different pieces of this space. All I'm almost in every single segment. I've got at least one or two coins in every segment, right? Because I don't know which ones are going to take off. Abs. So to me, if you want to measure it by the number of ten X's you're going to get, then yeah, you're not going to. You're probably not going to play. You may say, "Hey, I'm not going to put my money there. I'm looking for the biggest return only." then yeah, Bitcoin doesn't make as I much. have to respond just because I know I'd give me a shorter response here, but I'm all right. So I'm 20. Uh, we go over this guys. My birthday is this Friday. So shout out to me. That's 26, right. Happy birthday. He's 26 be, years old this Friday, baby. He'll be 21. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 21 forever. I don't have, I'm a, I don't need to worry about that. I'm okay. Aging. That's but true. one of the things that I'm, I'm looking at is 
the utility for other projects seems more optimistic. Like when I just look at projects like Quant, I look at projects like AVAX, I look at projects like Ethereum and XRP and XLM. There's so much opportunity, tokenization. We haven't even addressed central bank digital currencies. We're also going to talk about banks utilizing this technology to enhance what they're already doing. Whereas Bitcoin is kind of curving out this own section of the market. It's a store of value. And, and that's what I'd really like to kick it to Gonzo for, because I think one of the struggles that I'm having is saying, well, I get it. Like Bitcoin is going to do, I think Bitcoin's going to be a huge success. We're going to see a six figure Bitcoin in the next 24 months, most likely. But compared to other projects, is that going to be, you know, what's, what's a two X when the, when there's 12 X's to be made in the market. I think there's a lot of people feeling that way. And that's why I'm asking the question, but what's your response Gonzo? You know, it comes back to our original point that you need to have an investment thesis. You need to have a plan. You need to know what kind of investor you are. What are you trying to get out of this market, right? Maybe if you're older and you're not, you're very risk averse, then you're going to be Bitcoin heavy, right? Because it holds its value the most. And then you're going to wait for the Fed to cut rates and for the altcoin market to really start to run. And then you're going to take your little pieces of Bitcoin, you're going to trade them to certain alts, and then you're going to make some profits, right? If you're younger and you have more, you want more risk because you have more time in your life to make up the gains. If you get wrecked, you're going to get more speculative, right? But you need to know starting out what kind of investor you are and what what you're trying to do. If you're older and you're just trying to kind of make a little bit of money and maybe maybe you're just trying to fight what's happening with inflation and how they're printing money, then you know you're going to be Bitcoin heavy and you're going to be okay with the two, three X, right? If you're a little bit younger or you have a lot more, you want to take on a lot more risk, then you're going to go altcoin heavy. Understanding that like if Bitcoin decides to, to pull back 30%, your altcoins are going to get crushed, right? But you're going to probably just keep dollar cost averaging. So it all starts with what kind of investor you are, what kind of risk you're willing to take, and then just run with that. And Andrew, I'd like to get your thoughts on a quote like this, because this is a quote from BlackRock's vice president from about three years ago. It might even be longer now, guys, because I'm not sure how old this screenshot is. It might be three years ago this quote is from. But he said, what this space needs is a decoupling from the meme coins and those long-term utility use cases that will disrupt many industries. In order for this space to grow and mature, Quant, AVAX, Ethereum 2.0, XDC, and XRP there are many promising projects waiting to take the crypto market by storm. And I love this, Johnny, because the only projects that are referenced here are real utility projects. I don't want to bore people, but XDC is, is a trade fi. It's like tokenizing contracts and banks and institutions being able to use tokenized documents on the XDC network. AVAX has a million smart contract use cases. Quant's an aggregate for traditional banking. They can plug right into your system and upload that data onto the blockchain. Ethereum 2.0 speaks for itself and XRP, everybody knows. So it's exciting that he mentioned these five projects because I wouldn't be surprised if we zoomed out eight years, 10 years, maybe even 12 years. These could be some of the ones that succeed through what we call the great rapture of crypto when 99% of crypto gets out of here by regulation and is meme coined out of the market. But I said a lot there, Andrew, what are your thoughts to this quote? And how do you feel about these projects maybe having a unique advantage because of what they provide? Yeah, you know, you, you're totally right. Th these are utility projects. However, I always say, and we just spoke about uh, uh, diversification, put a portion of your money in the, in, the, in the bigger cryptos, in the top 10 cryptos, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Solana, XRP, you know, that are the, the more stable ones. And then, you know, 
here you we see AVEX is also a basic blockchain. XRP is a basic blockchain. XDC is a basic blockchain. Ethereum is a basic blockchain. You know, that, that, that is the basic, the foundation. We are currently building foundation and, and rails. On top of that foundation, we will see new, uh, new applications. We have seen a whole hype with NFTs, you know. Nobody's talking about NFTs anymore because it was hyped and it was big and fantastic. So that's why I always say, here we comes again, two to $500 to the small projects. And if it goes 100x or 1,000x, you will make a shit ton of money. But if you say, I want to be a little bit more stable, I want to diversify. Also, do not put all your money in, in crypto, but also diversify to stocks and diversify to something else like what they can't print. And two very good options are real estate and gold and silver. You know, and that's how you how you build your wealth over time. It is not also crypto. It is not a getting rich quick scheme. I mean, take the amount of people that make the the the, the that win the lottery. They 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 get one hundred thousand dollars. Within two years, they lose everything. It's also a mindset. You need a mindset that you that if you get one hundred thousand dollars for whatever reason. You have to invest it. You need to understand what is investing and make at least 10% per year out of that money. So if you if you get $100,000 for whatever reason, you must make sure to get out $10,000 per year. And that that is your, your additional money where you can live off. That is your cash flow. And that, that's, that's how you should play the game. So invest in yourself, learn and, 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 and get the, the, the investment uh, strategies and stick to a strategy that feels comfortable to you, but also look at the longer term before you can build up your wealth. You know, I just want to wrap that up with the, you know, when you think about this, Andrew says something so important, take money you earn and reinvest it to make more, let your money make you money. But what happens is most people don't do that abs when they win money or get money. Like most people on the crypto market, they'll take it and they'll spend it and give it all back to the same top, you know, 1% of the people because Think about it. We're not taught to stuff in school. How many of you actually in school had investment courses? How did unless you took a special course, that's not one of the typical high school or college courses to teach you how to invest your money. Right? You're not taught that. There's a reason why you're not. But at the 3T Academy, we do teach that. You got to follow that man, Andrew Castro. Go go try his course because again, I'm just trying to tell you that he's spot on. If you don't know how to get your money to make you more money, you're going to end up giving it all. You're going to you're gonna spend it all. Guys, we got 491 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is a video of Vivek Ramaswamy criticizing Gary Gensler and his inability to correctly regulate crypto. I want to point out, we called this out many months ago that presidential candidates would be talking about this. Here we go. Our regulations need to catch up with the current moment. The fact that SBF was able to do what he did at FTX shows that whatever they have as the current framework isn't working. And I think it is nothing short of embarrassing that Gary Gensler, the current leader of the SEC, in front of Congress could not even say whether Ethereum counted as a regulated security or not. And so I think that this is just another example of the administrative state gone too far. Here's the dirty little secret in American politics today. The people who we elect to run the government are not the ones who are even actually running the government. Yeah, that that he's so 
spot on when he says that because it, it, and it's purposely set that way, right? We elect people, we elect politicians, then they select people to put in these positions of these, you know, like the head of the SEC or the head of the CT, CTFC or, or, you know, and, the, and then they go and do the bidding of that department, what it's supposed to do. But he's right. Guys like Gary, you know, are not theoretically voted in by you and me, Abs. They're voted in by the people that we voted in. So by proxy, that's just how it works. And it's unfortunate. But I will give you, I want to give you kudos to this one, Abs, because I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't sure if this was going to make it, be big enough to make it to the presidential stage. And, and you did. You thought it would. So kudos to you. It actually made it. And I'm super happy that it did. Because the fact that they're talking about it at that level, again, it just legitimizes the fact that we are so early and in front of something that's coming that's going to be so big. Like, <laughs> I can't wait. I got the seatbelt strapped on. I can't wait for the run that we're going to see it. And here's how I knew this was coming, Gonzo, because at the end of the day, the presidential run is a popularity contest. And if you want to win a popularity contest with young people, support them making money. It's very, very simple. And I'm no genius here, but I think that young people are excited about an opportunity. And that's why people like Vivek are becoming more opportunistic with these conversations. Gary Gensler, he said two important things. I'm going to kick it to you. First of all, he said it's embarrassing that Gary Gensler can't state the security status of Ethereum in front of Congress. The second thing is that the people we are electing to run our government are not the ones controlling our government. And to me, I'm going to play very naive here. That was new information. That was very, very shocking. So what did you take away from that, Gonzo? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people who feel that way. When we listen to people like Vivek or other presidential candidates begin to talk about cryptocurrency, I think it shows. They know opportunities right there. We're ready to grab it. You know, it, I guess it just depends on how many people actually saw the debate, right? Because I think that was the debate where, um, you know, of course, Trump didn't show up, right? And that's who they're trying to dethrone in the Republican Party. Um, but I think it's cool that it's gotten more traction. Like, it would be nicer, like, if Trump was part of that debate, more people would be watching it. And then when they bring it up, more eyes. But, you know, he's not wrong. You have these bureaucrats that are put in charge, that they're not voted in, but they're put in charge. Uh, of these organizations like the SEC and the SCFPC, and then they run an agenda, right? They get their orders from higher up. And we've seen that with Gary Gensler, right? He's doing the bidding of uh, Elizabeth Warren and her anti-crypto narrative, right? That she just doesn't let go. Um, but I think it's smart for these newer candidates to kind of lean into the younger demographic, because this is what we've talked about. The younger demographics aren't going to be um, you know, a, as they get their prowess in investing, they're not going to be investing in things like gold. They're going to go more digital. They're going to be looking at things like uh, Bitcoin or other like cryptocurrency or digital assets because that's what they've grown up in. They've grown up in this kind of uh, evolving digital landscape, right? And, and that's just going to keep evolving more and more. We're going to see this more and more as we get into like the cycles of presidential elections where it's going to become a bigger and bigger uh, topic, right? As, as you get the younger generation older and, and they have more voting power as the boomers start to die out, right? And, and as a reminder, Johnny is Generation X, not a boomer. <laughs> I mean, according to Andrew Cashflow, he's looking a little gray this morning, but we got 500 laundered ladders here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. That's an inside joke, not an insult to my man, Johnny Crypto. But Andrew, I'd love to get some of your thoughts right here because Vivek, He's been his Twitter account, and I heard this stat from Patrick Bet David. Vivek's Twitter account has grown from 30,000 users in the beginning of 2022 
to now over 1.4 million followers. I think that shows that he's not only making an impact, people are willing to listen to his takes. This is pretty exciting. We're not talking about the candidate in particular, but we're talking about the conversations being had. What is your initial reaction to this video? Mute button. What, what, what I like the most is that the more politicians speak about crypto and speak about cryptocurrency, the more awareness come to the to the rest of the of the old gray <laughs> gray people, you know. And and that's needed because in the beginning nobody knew what it was. Even Warren Buffett still don't understand it. I I, I mean I. Uh, he still thinks it's red poison. Why? His his whole his whole uh, uh, subconscious mind doesn't capture it. And the more you, you speak about something, the more you think, hmm, maybe there is something happening here. And this is why I like, yeah, people like this so much. They start doing it. Younger people, you know, I, I used to have cash in my pocket when when I was maybe uh, 16, 17, 18 years old. That was normal. No, nowadays young people they don't have cash at all. They don't they don't carry it. So they are pretty much used to the digital age and everything is digital. And so the adoption will come from there. And that are also the new voters. So I think if you are a politician at this moment, you better talk about the digital stuff and, uh, and, and 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 that kind of stuff because you know that that are your voters for the future. Absolutely, guys. And Johnny, I want to switch the conversation into some XRP news as well, because BC Backer put out a very good analysis over the weekend. And I think many of our listeners should consider this when you're watching what Bitcoin is doing today. So in 2020, this is right about where XRP set up and broke out about 180%. Bitcoin was up. The altcoin market is up. This is where it happened. Let's see how this next week unfolds. And he put this out on December 9th. Obviously, we're experiencing a market pullback today. But anybody who knows crypto knows. There are many times in the crypto market where Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, everything's pulling back. And for some reason, XRP is doing the opposite. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if a lot of the liquidity that moves out of these altcoins for some unknown reason finds itself in XRP for a short period of time. And this could be what Waters Above is breaking down in his most recent videos. He's anticipating that we could see a $1 XRP by January 1st. I don't think the whole market is going to be driven to those values. I think XRP is yet to move and that's why we could see those optimistic targets. But what do you think about him drawing the correlation between 2020 and today? BC Backer is saying this is a setup for 180% move. You know, listen, there's one guy. If there's one guy I trust in this space more than anybody when it comes to charts, and it's BC Backer. Why? Because in the prior bull run, he nailed the top almost almost perfectly. You know, he sold it early, of course, not normal. Well, everybody else said he was crazy and he was nuts. And the guy just nailed it right. And his charts, he's like, actually, I got a lot of his targets on here. His charts, his chart, he's been great. The way he draws uh, parallels to prior bull runs and then looks at the different ones, his analysis is great. If you're not following BC back and you're new to this space, you should. Now, getting to this chart, we know historically money flows in, money flows out. Goes into Bitcoin, comes out of Bitcoin. Goes into Ethereum, comes out of Ethereum, and then goes into the rest of the alts. And so what I think you're seeing here is just a natural discussion of, okay, we've just had our first round of money flooding into BTC, and now it's going to get flooded out, and it's going to go into Ethereum, which you've already seen Ethereum start to make its move. Once Ethereum dumps all over the place, most likely then the next thing is into the alts. And I'm assuming, especially the top 10 alts, you'll see 
uh, you know, a lot of money flooding into them, and that's probably going to help drive the price up. So I, I suspect that's what you know is going to happen, or at least that's the thought of what people think is going to happen. Um, when you think of though, you guys have been talking about something interesting. You've been talking about you know we just saw this thirty percent flash crash. Everybody's calling. What you have to remember about this space is, and Yusko talks about this all the time. People get into gambling mode and they go into leverage and then they over leverage apps. And when they over leverage, what happens is the reason why you see these 30% pullbacks, those aren't natural pullbacks. Those are manipulation that is wiping out that leverage because they can see that they can see the books. They can see what orders. One, one more point. Small. They look too. What, what was that? One more point is, is look at how small they look. Oh yeah, right, right. right. These are devastating. If you look at the narratives, these were devastating days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they, but you know, but a lot of these these things are, are what's called liquidation events or or leverage wipeout events, and they're wiping out all that leverage, seeing how low they can pull the market down, and then they're buying that bottom, and then they launch it for the next one to zero. Rinse, wash, repeat, and do it all over again. So the the smartest dude, I don't even play leverage no more. It's not worth it. I don't even get into it because they can see the numbers. It doesn't make sense. It's a gambling thing. You can do it. You know, and I know Gonzo and all this, if you have it, you can do it. But frankly, for me, at this point in time, yeah, I try to do more buys and sells rather than leverage. Gonzo, there's some misconceptions around leverage, and it, this has nothing to do with Johnny. I've heard other channels be super critical, but if I'm speaking from my own personal experience, and this is not advice, nothing like that, I've had success with leverage. So I don't have this problem where I'm like putting in these huge gains and losing. I don't know how people lose money. You can set a stop loss. So what I do is I set a 12 and a half percent stop loss. That means no matter what maximum I'm losing is 12 and a half percent and I'm trading with leverage. So if the token goes up, this is not an advocation for right. trading, but yeah, the key is a stop loss, right? Is that, you know, when you put that initial entry in your stop loss is lower, right? And so as it goes up, you just need to move the stop loss to at least break even so that you're not losing any money and then up higher to retain your profits. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, you just have to, like anything else, you have to have a plan, right? I have my, Big portfolio that is like my long-term coddle portfolio. I have a portfolio where I do swing trade that goes over no leverage. That's over a period of weeks, if not months. And then I have a very small portfolio that's for leverage trading, right? That starts with a very small amount of money that starts to build up and it gets to a certain point that goes into the main portfolio to make buys for my long-term. So one feeds another, like a waterfall effect, right? But like if I get wiped out of my leverage portfolio, then I lost uh, a couple hundred bucks and I'm okay with that, right? I, I'm, I'm okay with that because right. it's not devastating. But like if you're going to be putting in thousands of dollars using leverage, you're going to get absolutely wrecked, right? Johnny, and, and so and that's yeah. what's happening, Abs. Not yeah, everybody's yeah. like you. Most people don't use stop losses. They're yeah, just yeah. gambling. They're putting big bucks. They're leveraging their portfolio. And they're getting wiped And out. I never leverage my portfolio. Let me actually make another clear point. We aren't leveraging long-term bags here. I'm taking a couple hundred dollars that I earned from my job, and I'm putting it into a very specific account where I say, you know what? The risk is worth the reward. I can afford to lose a couple hundred dollars here, but I can also have the opportunity to make 900 bucks. So it yeah. really just depends on the person. And again, this isn't something I'm doing every day. This is something that I do on occasion. August was a big one for me. September, October. Me and my friend, like I just said, we were looking for trades this weekend. We didn't find anything. We passed up on the opportunity. So there's a lot of opportunity here. And I want to go ahead. Sorry. Talking about stop loss orders, you know, what is an excellent way to exercise or to practice with stop loss orders? Take profit with stop loss orders. You know, if, if you are in profit, 
then put your stop loss order a little bit below the price where it is currently. If it goes up, it still goes up and you increase your profits. You let your profits run and else you will be triggered out. That's also how you can uh, play stop loss order. I teach everything in the Smart Investor course because we only take profit in, in such a way. That's why my square trade is currently at 35% and it's still going up. So it's so convenient and you always know you take profits as soon as you lock them in with a stop loss order. And we got 492 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, check out these stats as well because I think this is important to note. When we're talking about the XRP price chart, it's good to know what the community is thinking because these could be the levels when we see big sell orders come in. And I know these are broad ranges, but I'd like to get your thoughts on this data here. So last week, we broke down the fact that XRP for only the third time in over 10 years experienced a golden cross on the price chart. Now, what does this mean exactly, guys? Every time we've seen this indicator in the past, we've seen massive price runs ever since. So in 2017, we got this indicator XRP went up 7%, sorry, 700%, had a brief correction. And this is what's so funny. Any of our listeners who are watching the screen right now, this small circle, you can't even see it. This is the 700% run up. So boom, 40% correction doesn't even register. Then we rocketed and did about 60,000% in the next 12 months. Well, in 2020, we got the same indicator, Johnny, but what happened? The SEC comes in and dumped a gallon of water on our fire. We went from 70 cents to about 17 and a half cents. And then right after that lawsuit, we bounced to, we did a 10 X in four months. So we went from 17 cents to a dollar 90 in four months. We're now getting that same indicator showing now. So now that you understand a little bit of the background knowledge, let's break down where the people are at. So where is everyone anticipating they're going to start taking profits? Well, the data is in and over 2,600 XRP community members voted in our poll. 47% are waiting for above $8 to take profit. 20% are between five and eight, 16% are between two and five, and 17% are below $2. How does this shape your perspective, Johnny? Because as I want to break down, we had massive price movement every single time we've gotten this indicator in the market. What are you anticipating this time? Are you anticipating something similar? The first time we did 60,000%, the second time we did a thousand. What does all this data mean to you as an engineer? You know, Abs, at the end of the day, um, when you look at the charts, uh, obviously really revealing what could be happening, you just have to remember that some of these past uh, increases are not likely to be seen that, that high again as you come from, you know, being in the low half a penny. So you go from one penny to two penny, it's a hundred percent. But but to go from two, you know, to four, <laughs> you know, and now it's another hundred percent. So it gets harder and harder to get increases as the price goes up. We're at a point in time where like, we're not going to see a 650 X in, in the next bull run for, for XRP at the price that it's currently at. Right. That would put it at a tremendous level, but you know, the data is in and the data shows exactly. If you remember, we've done some polls in the past and I know you, what you need to do now, by the way, cause you had almost 50% above eight, but you don't know where you almost have to do another poll with numbers above eight to really see where people are at. Which is I shocking, get, by the way. Huh? Which is shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so not. It's not because I remember when I did a poll a while back, the the biggest number where the most amount of people were at where they wanted to sell, it was $10. So at the end of the day, yeah, there you go. So that, that's what my point is. Again, Read that math for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30,000. Yeah, so what's that saying? A three, a $30,000. Uh, that 30,000% gain from where we are today is equal to $180 XRP. Yeah. So that me just do some mental math here. That would be about a $3.6 trillion market cap, I believe. 
Probably something like that. Yeah. Three point six trillion. So yeah. Yeah. The hopium is not in the air, Gonzo. I'm kicking, <laughs> yeah. it to you. I'm kicking it to you. We'll close it out with cash flow. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You want me to comment on like, are we going to get like games? you can provide yeah. some of those to reality? Because I saw you shaking yeah, your head. And dude, I agree. Like, I, I want to hear it. Go ahead. Look, so it, I, it goes to that same thing, right? First of all, like in those times, we didn't have uh, as many projects, right? There wasn't as much diversity like we have today, right? And so when a project starts off, it has that promise. It, it, that you know you don't have to show any fundamentals just the promise the cross-border payments narrative whatever that narrative was back then and and they absolutely explode now you're going to get some great gains but like some of the moves that these projects have made at the beginning we don't see it's a it's the law of diminishing returns right now you would have to see the total market cap just blow up right like to get to these higher numbers to kind of see where we're going to end up at, right? And you could pay attention to maybe XRP dominance, right? We're at two, like two point something percent dominance right now. So, you know, like quick math is the $10 trillion market. And if they're at 10%, right, it ends up being like 1 trillion market cap, right? And so you could kind of roughly do the numbers like that. And so then you start to see these numbers get very astronomical. It's the whole thing like with Shiba Inu where everyone thought that it was going to go to a cent, right? But then the market cap would have to grow and match the total market cap of all of crypto without Bitcoin for it to go to a cent. Just not going to happen. Maybe in the future, as the market cap gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, you're going to see those kind of numbers. But um, like you, yeah. you just got to like pay attention. Andrew, and I want to preface this as well. Think about it this way. We're about to have a lot of XRP. We're talking about XRP. So altcoin products enter the market, like exchange-traded products, ETFs. I think this is going to create a situation where big companies are buying these assets and holding them for a long period of time. We do not think, nobody on this panel thinks 60,000% gains, but all-time high is something I'd love to test. If we can get up to 3 $4, that would be fantastic for the entire community. What is your thoughts in, re in the reaction to all of this news and what Gonzo just broke down as well? <laughs> I I always have to smile, you know. It's just it you know uh, it's it's just a waiting game. It's a waiting game. Have your exit points ready and switch off your emotions because emotions is the is the worst thing you can have when taking decisions. Take your profits, what what whatever you you, you agreed with yourself. Make your gambling rules yourself and stick to your plan. That's how you make money. And then I don't care if it goes to, to, to $1, $10, $150. The plan is still there and you keep going on. Absolutely. You know, and, that's, and that's the way how you play the game. And that's what we'd always talk about. Andrew Cashflow, check out the Smart Investor course with Andrew Cashflow. That's located within our academy, guys. We talk about a lot of the concepts on the show every day. But Johnny, this is something that Andrew and you both have in common. Exit plans for the market. And I want to remind our listeners, this application I'm showing you, Merlin, the smartest way to track your crypto. Sign up today, 30 days, absolutely free. And the best part about our app, we're not some company that's trying to lock you in with this 30-day free sign up. It is one click and you're done. So we, you either love the product or you can exit immediately. There's no hurdles to get through here, guys. And I'm showing you just a little bit of what this app is capable of as my exit plan for XRP on this, this is a fake number application. I want to preface that. I am doing 65% hold, sorry, 65% sell, 35% hold, 35% of my crypto I will be holding regardless of the price. And I think this is a great example of that, guys. Go sign up today and let me know your thoughts in the live chat tomorrow. 
30 days absolutely free. Create your exit plan and figure out exactly how much money you're going to make during the next bull run. But guys, we got 452 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to close this thing out by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Andrew. Thank you to the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. We love you guys. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. Another amazing episode. Such an exciting time to be in crypto. Have an amazing day. Like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thanks for joining us. Let's go.